It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Welcome to February. I don't know how, but we got here. Time just keeps on ticking. With Greg Ehrenberg, I'm Adam Kaufman. This is the NBA Strategy Show. How are you, buddy? Uh, cold. We've got uh, like two feet on this snow, uh, two feet of snow on the ground so far. So it's snowing every single day this week. So never going to go outside again, which it's not like I go outside to begin with. But now there's like an excuse for it, I guess. Yeah, you and I were both in the Northeast. And for anyone out there, watching listening that also i'm just choosing to not look out the window for a period of time it's just going to make me happier i think uh i kind of like the like the snow looks nice from the inside looking out though it's all like pretty and everything but but then you have to go outside it's like oh this sucks isn't that why you have children i mean not you but like in the royal sense isn't that why you have kids so you all right grab a shovel get to work No, I thought you just had kids by accident. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know that there was. I didn't know that there was some grand plan where it's some pyramid scheme to get people to show up for you, like they're like they're slave workers or something. Yeah, believe it or not, there actually is purpose involved in, in having kids. <laughs> I mean, some people do take the accident approach. I don't know if that's an approach, but it does happen. On that note, while talking about smashing, smash that like button here if you're watching along on uh, YouTube. We appreciate you. Hit the like, hit the subscribe button. We have crossed over the fifty thousand subscriber threshold, so. Thank you all so much. We do greatly appreciate that. But hit the like here if you're watching along on YouTube, as we know you are, and we do appreciate it. we got a lot to cover. Ten games tonight in the NBA after there were uh, a half dozen yesterday, four in the late slate, two earlier in the day. Some monster performances, Greg. Before we even start ahead with what is going on tonight, last night, I mean, you had Joker going off in the afternoon. You had uh, a bunch of guys go crazy, especially during that Nets-Wizards game at night, which, I mean, we could spend the full hour just dissecting that game, even without James Harden playing about 150 points aside in regulation. Kind of a bonkers night in the NBA. Uh, yeah, I mean, so the Nets game was was rooted. Because the other thing, too, I think is people have gone so far with hot takes now where just every every event that happens, people just have to draw crazy conclusions from. It's like, oh, and that's still the second best record in the Eastern Conference. They have since, I, I saw this tweet, I think it was from StatMuse, where it's since the James Harden trade, the Nets offensive rating over that time would be the best in NBA history. And their defensive rating over that time would be the worst in NBA history. So there's a lot of scoring in their games. And I mean, they're still second in the Eastern Conference. They're going to be fine. People people want to make it out to be like, oh, they lost one game without James Harden. Or they lost the lead late on just a crazy ending. It's like, they're never going to be good. It's like, yeah, it's, it, it's okay. It's, it's one game in in the at the end of January that has very little implications on the larger picture of the season. How'd you like seeing vintage Russ? Does that make you more inclined to play him in the immediate future after what he had been doing this year? Uh, well, not today because he's not on the slate, so no, it's, it's, easy, it's easy enough to avoid him. Um, it, it depends what his price is. I mean, overall, yes. Uh, what was really most encouraging, though, is he's had a minutes restriction for the last couple of weeks, and he played full minutes last night. So that's really what's what's the most important factor there. In terms of him scoring whatever was 70 fantasy points in one individual game, that's nice, except there's also reason to think that he's going to be better going forward just because he was finally able to play a full allotment of minutes. He came back from his quad injury, and he was playing 24 minutes, 28 minutes. Now he's playing full minutes. We could expect more fantasy production from him. I wouldn't look at one individual game and say, like, all right, he's the he's the triple-double MVP machine again. It's, it's one good game, except the, the minutes were very encouraging. 
All right. Well, he's Greg. I'm Adam. This show is brought to you by No House Advantage. Let's talk about our sponsor quick, and then we'll dive into the games. Taking a different spin on daily fantasy sports by offering player prop contests across, of course, the NBA as well as NFL, which is that season's wrapping up the one game left. Major League Baseball right around the corner, at least we think so. PGA as well. All for cash prizes. This exclusively peer-to-peer fantasy sports platform levels the playing field, makes it easier for you to win real cash as compared with your traditional DFS sites. Now, the best part, you can join for free today. You hear me? For free today, you can join very easy. Just download the No House Advantage app. Check out the daily prop contest without having to deposit even a single dime. Again, free no dimes. Pretty easy to understand. When you're all ready to make your first deposit, NHA will match it with up to $20 in free play when you use the promo code AWESOMO. Refer a friend and you get $5 more after their first deposit. So beat your friends, not the house. Win big with player props today. So let's get going here. We got 10 games to talk about in the span of the next hour or so. Uh, let's begin with the Lakers in Atlanta, okay? L.A. is favored by five and a half points. No great surprise there. You got uh, your typical studs to keep an eye out for who inevitably are questionable going into this one. I'm talking LeBron James, Anthony Davis. We expect both are going to play because we always expect both are going to play despite their, uh, you know, situations, obviously. These two guys are maybe as compared to the other studs that are available to you the Jokers, the Giannis's, even Luca. You could look down Christian Wood, guys like that. It's not, uh, they're, they're not necessarily in the best spot as compared to the others, but how do you feel about them? Yeah, so this isn't one of my favorite games to target on the slate. Uh, 219 total, it's fairly low. Uh, Lakers side of the game, starting with them, we've seen some better games from LeBron James, particularly lately. However, that's also led to an increase in price. So to start the year, I didn't really target LeBron very much. And the reason was because we were seeing decreased usage, decreased minutes with some of the additions that the Lakers made in the offseason. Montrezl Harold, Dennis Schroeder, it's a deeper Lakers rotation. Uh, but then we kind of saw LeBron take over a little bit more like we've grown accustomed to. But now his price is back up over the 10,000 uh, price range. And when I thought he was more worth rostering, he was like 9,500, 9,800. Now the salary's up, it's a favorable matchup against the Hawks, but also we have Anthony Davis supposedly healthy now. I mean, I know the list is questionable, but whatever, I don't care. They're always listed as questionable. I don't really take that too seriously. Uh, but Anthony Davis, he did miss a game last week. He's back. Uh, him being out led to a little bit of a price increase in LeBron as well. Uh, there's a lot of guys to pay up for on this slate. So LeBron, Anthony Davis, neither of them are priorities for me. And then some of the other guys who are peripheral players for Lakers, it's just been really hard to nail down the production and the usage there. Every once in a while, there's like a KCP game. Sometimes there's a Montrezl Howard game or a Dennis Schroeder game. Mm-hmm. But there's no real consistency to it to where I think that we have to pick any of these guys for roster on a 10-game slate. Get your questions in, by the way, on the YouTube page in the chat. We're monitoring that. An avalanche of birthday wishes. So thank you all so much. That was just a couple of days ago. But I know in, in uh, YouTube land, it seems to be every single day. So thank you all. Do appreciate that. Uh, watching the premium Slack channel as well here on Osmo. So, you know, staying with, uh, obviously, this game, but, you know, on, on the other side, there's Trey Young, there's Clint Capella. Again, I don't feel like anybody in this game is necessarily in a great position to succeed when it comes to returning value and, and examining their salaries. I mean, you could pay down someone like Cam Reddish on the Hawks side, but, you know, for the Lakers, since we were going with them first, I mean, does anybody jump out at you as, I need to play this guy? No, and I mean, so w- when we do these shows, it's never what my final lineups are going to be, but sure. I always just kind of run lineups in Fantasy Cruncher just to get an idea of this is these are the players that are standing out relative to how I project them. And I'm getting really no exposure to anybody on either side of this game. So, I mean, there's some guys that pop up in like 1% or 2% of lineups just because it's the way the salaries work out, but there's nobody that rates out as a good play. And then, I mean, we look at the Hawks side of the game. Clint Capella, he's still really priced up. He had a great start to the season. Uh, well, a uh, great, great couple weeks anyway. And that's also, he, it's led to a ridiculously high price increase for him. And that's a salary that's almost certainly going to come down over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Trey Young, who's had a little bit of a spotty season. I think there's better guys to pay up for than him at guard. I mean, he's in the same price range as somebody like Damian Lillard on, on FanDuel. And then on DraftKings, I also think there's better plays than him at the 9,300 price tag. So just as a whole, I don't think this is a good game to target. The total at 219, you know, relatively low in the context of the slate. The lowest total is 218 for the Knicks-Bulls game. 
So, I mean, we're looking at one of the slower paced games on the slate. A lot of the players are expensive. So not a game that I think we really have to target. Um, I, I don't have any interest in anybody. I mentioned Cam Reddish before he's come up in the chat a few times as well. Just going back to him is would he maybe be one guy or you kind of standing with what you just said that at, as of right now, obviously, as we talk in the morning hours before lock, nobody is, is appealing to you. No, not really. So I understand that there's, I, I, at least I assume the reason that people want to get to Cam Reddish is because uh, DeAndre Hunter is hurt, which on the surface, that kind of makes some sense, except that we also have to consider that Cam Reddish earlier in the year when he had some bigger games, Danilo Gallinari wasn't there. So Gallinari, he could finally start to play slightly more extended minutes. I don't think we can get 30 minutes or anything like that from Gallo, but he's been playing minutes like around 14 or so over the last few weeks and slowly starting to trend up last three games, 14 minutes, 15 minutes and 18 minutes for Danilo Gallinari. So I think we could probably see him get to 20, 22 minutes today. If that's the case, that's going to mean a few less minutes for Cam Reddish. Uh, Reddish himself has also dealt with some injuries this year. So the Hawks have been a little bit conservative with his playing time. Uh, So just with Gallinari starting to come back up to speed, I don't think that we see Reddish necessarily fill all of the minutes that were left behind by DeAndre Hunter. North of 300 people watching here on YouTube. Smash that like button, getting close to 100. Hit the like, hit the subscribe button. And uh, again, we are here with you for the next uh, 50 minutes going through all these games. Uh, Lakers in Atlanta, our first one. If you have any questions, get them in. Monitoring uh, the YouTube chat as well as obviously the Osmo Premium Slack channel. So how about a, uh, we'll, we'll go back to the games, but a fairly generic question here. Maybe you could some help with a little bit of strategy here from Mikey. Mikey says, how do I score in the high 300s? The most I can ever get to is the mid 200s. I must be doing something wrong. Uh, roster better players. Uh, <laughs> stay, stay up to date on the news. But so, I mean, every slate. Well, I think different. the latter, the latter part there is, uh, is the biggest thing. Yeah. So, I mean, every, every slate's different, right? So there are some, there are some days, not so much recently because there's been, there's a lot more higher scoring games these days, but I mean, there's some slates where it takes like 380 points to win a GPP. Some days it only takes like 320 points. It all depends what kind of performances are on the slate. I don't think the individual score of your lineup matters all that much. Uh, But I think that's something that, that we do have to consider is that, if you're watching this show and you're just building lineups based on the things we talk about, that's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but it's not the best either. This is just kind of a general looking over the slate, initial thoughts on it. As the day goes on, players are going to get ruled out. There's going to be guys that get ruled out that we have no clue even have a chance to miss tonight's game. Mm-hmm. And it happens all the time. There's going to be some random, like Trey Young could just end up being like, hey, Trey Young's sprained ankle. He's not playing tonight, not on the injury report. This happens basically every single day. So, you need to find out when some of those players get ruled out, where does the value come from there, right? Like who's going to step in his place at a cheap price and play extra minutes? Who are the other guys on the, on the roster? They're going to get extra usage. And that's where you find some of that value. And I mean, it's not really too much more complicated than that. (laughs) Basically assume in the NBA and NBA DFS on the whole, just in general, the prices are generally fair. And then you want to find the guys who stand to benefit from players who were ruled out. And the pricing algorithm has not been able to catch up to that news because the news came out after the, the news came out after the prices already did. So you want to stay up to date on the news. Definitely follow us on Twitter at awesome ONBA, uh, the news guy, El Negro Loco DFS. These are just ways to stay up on the news. And then whatever happens, you just react to it. And by the way, that's also the same way I bet on NBA games. If there's an unforeseen injury or a player who's ruled out, I want to bet on those games before the book is able to adjust to them. And it all kind of goes hand in hand, the way you find value in NBA DFS and for NBA, NBA betting. That's, that's really the, the crux of it move on to the next one all good advice right there charlotte and miami again a game where maybe the top tier guys the bam Adebayos, jimmy butlers gordon hayward tyler hero you know if you want to include him in that mix you know again not the best spots i think as compared to guys that you could play elsewhere it's more of a pay down situation where you're looking at cody zeller who's been really good of late he's probably the one that stands out the most in this game quite frankly but let's start on the charlotte side other than zeller if it's zeller who do you like yeah, so, I mean, the, the key news here is that Terry Rozier is questionable to play. He has an ankle injury. He left in the middle of last game. Lamella Ball started the second half. Lamella Ball is the best guard on this team, in my opinion. And he's played extremely well from a fantasy standpoint when he's gotten on the court. And if I remember the numbers correctly, last game against the Bucks, he played, it was like 31 minutes, and they outscored the Bucks by 39 points in the minutes that Lamella was on the court. So we've seen that in a lot of a lot of Hornets games recently where, they struggle and then they go to the bench. Lamella ball comes in. They just start crushing 
And despite that, they haven't really given Ball the extended minutes with consistency. But now that Terry Rogier is injured, uh, and if he sits, they really have no choice but to give Lamelo big minutes. So playing against Miami isn't necessarily the best matchup in the world, but Lamelo is very favorably priced on both FanDuel and DraftKings, uh, sixty five hundred on DK, and then his FanDuel price is sixty three hundred. So if he's going to start, he's one of the best point guard plays on the slate, just because he's averaging well over fantasy point per minute. We'd be able to project him for over thirty minutes. So that would that would bring me to a baseline projection of somewhere in the neighborhood of forty fantasy points for him. Uh, if Terry Rogier ends up playing, then Lamelo is still in play just because of what his his minutes have trended up a little bit recently. But he would still be he would be more of a secondary option in that situation. But if Rogier's out, then he becomes easily one of the best plays on the slate. What about the Miami side where I would expect, you know, you were just talking about it, guys, surprising guys that get ruled out. Just feels like that's always the situation with Miami. It's like, oh, Tyler Hero's not playing tonight or, you know, whoever it may be. And obviously there's been a history of injuries with that team and COVID contact tracing and all sorts of different hurdles that the Heat have had to overcome. But anyone on the Heat side as of right now, as we talk at 10:16 in the morning, East Coast time appeal to you? Not really. And so earlier when I talked about how we find value in NBA DFS, this is like the antithesis of that, of that. This is the opposite of all that value because we had Jimmy Butler was out for a while. And then they had all the other guys that were dealing with COVID. Everybody's coming back now. Jimmy Butler, obviously being the big one. I was, I was a little concerned about Jimmy Butler coming back. He lost a bunch of weight while he was away from the team. They said he lost 12 pounds in a week while he was dealing with COVID looked fine when he came back. So not something I'm, I'm concerned about at this point anymore, but Still, he's he's gotten pretty expensive really quickly. He's 80, 8,400 on DraftKings and 8,700 on FanDuel. So I don't really necessarily think that makes for a great price. And then we also have Goran Dragic is questionable. Tyler Hero is questionable. Avery Bradley is questionable. So there's a bunch of guys that have been out that could potentially be coming back. So that's just going to make a situation where we have a bunch of guys who are priced up because they had extra playing time, extra usage when the Heat were missing players. And now we're going to see a lot of those minutes and the usage decline as we start to see all these guys come back from COVID and come back from injuries. So the, the Heat, not necessarily a great individual individual team to target. Uh, moderate amount of interest in Bam Adebayo just because of a positional. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Scarcity on FanDuel. But outside of that, I am not really getting to anybody in my initial builds. Greg was telling you about paying attention to all the news available to you, El Negro Loco and, and so many others, obviously, that bring you all the lineup changes and who's in, who's out. Well, if you don't feel like paying attention to all that stuff, you can just pay attention to the people that pay attention to it for you. That's a fun thing to do. Osmo Plus, that's what I'm talking about here. All the tools, content for nearly every DFS sport out there with an Osmo Plus weekly pass available to you. Just $29.95 a month. It includes full access to all the premium content and tools on Osmo.com, including player projections that are updated as soon as something happens those are updated from our own alex baker osmo himself as well as ownership projections our premium slack channel so much more fantasy cruncher like greg was talking about earlier lineup builder and on and on if you're only looking to play nba you're not concerned with the other sports right now can understand that no big deal sign up now for our weekly nba package that is only 16.95 believe me the tools there are incredible i spent a lot of time just you know dabbling with them, playing with Fantasy Cruncher, setting lineups. It's uh, it's a good time. Let's go over to uh, how about Cleveland and Minnesota. Unlike the first couple games, Greg, that we talked about, this one would seem pretty appealing in terms of guys you'd be interested in rostering. Andre Drummond, who it seems like he's been a force lately. D'Angelo Russell, Colin Sexton, who I, I feel like is uh, more consistent than not. He's not full-on reliable, but more consistent than not. Uh, Malik Beasley is a guy that you can include in that mix as well. And then, you know, you start to get to some real pay down options, but none of those guys that I just mentioned are super expensive. They're not at the top of the heap. They're not uh, Uber value either. They're just kind of mid tier guys that seem to stand out as being good spots tonight. Why don't we go with the Cleveland side first? Uh, okay. So the Cleveland side of the game, something we've seen a, a little bit more from, from them lately 
is they are extending Andre Drummond's minutes a little bit. He was uh, splitting time with Jared Allen, and it looks like there's a little bit of a lean towards Drummond right now. He played 33 minutes last night. That is the most that he's played since they traded for Jared Allen, and that includes overtime games as well. So I think that we have to look at these guys and consider Andre Drummond is the slightly stronger play of, of the two big men on Cleveland. Now, with that said, I don't want to go super heavy on Drummond just because I think those minutes could come back at any point in time where he goes back to playing like 26 or 27 minutes. Uh, but Andre Drummond, I'm going to get to some of them in GPPs, just hoping that he gets to those 32 minutes. He's not overly expensive on FanDuel or DraftKings, at least relative to what we normally see Drummond. Other guys on the roster, uh, Colin Sexton, I think that he is viable. Uh, didn't really play great last night, briefly left with an ankle injury, but didn't really seem to be anything too serious. He ended up coming back. Uh, favorable matchup against the Wolves. He's 7,000 on DraftKings. And then his FanDuel price, if I remember correctly, was right around that mark. It is 6,800. Uh, so it's 6,800. He actually rates out as one of the stronger shooting guard options for me on FanDuel. Uh, so Colin Sexton is my favorite play here. Andre Drummond, somebody who I'm going to have a little bit of interest in in GPP. Not a cash play, though, and not somebody I want to go massively overweight to. Just somebody who's going to be probably in like 10% of tournament lineups. Mark says Drum is the ultimate GPP pay, play, so he's uh, a little more invested than you are. Well, I, I don't – assuming I understand what he means, I don't necessarily think he's saying like, hey, Andre Drummond, 100% exposure or anything like that. I think mm-hmm. what he's saying is there's a lot if of variance go up, there. That's where he there's, yeah. there's a lot of variance there. I yeah. think that we could easily see Andre Drummond play 26 minutes and just kind of be crappy but it's just as likely that he ends up playing 32 minutes and breaks the slate. And there's no real good way to predict it because it's just going to really depend on how many minutes the Cavs give him. And it's totally random. Like there's no real rhyme or reason to when they're going to give Andre Drummond minutes, when they're going to give Jared Allen minutes. I personally think they should be playing Jared Allen more. Sometimes they do that. Sometimes they give it to Drummond and it's, it's something that's really hard to predict. Uh, But that's what I do think makes him a good GPP play. It's just kind of that variance because he's priced in between his, his outcomes He's, he's not priced to play 32 minutes. He's not priced, priced to play 26 minutes. He's priced mm-hmm. in between that. So he's probably either going to far exceed his price point or he's going to fall way short of it. So the, the variance is what gives him the upside in tournaments. So from uh, Joe, Drum says, uh, or he says, uh, Drummond number one on the boom bust. I'm in. Eric says, Drummond, uh, you know, right, right on cue. I think wrote it as you were saying it. Drummond will end up a huge chalk and only play 26 minutes. Different Eric says, uh, Drum isn't going to be that low owned, is he? What do you think? What do you expect the ownership to be by the time lineups lock tonight? Uh, well, I could just go to whatever the ownership projection is, and that would be better than I could just guess it off the top of my head. So right now he's projected for 18% ownership. Um, so, I mean, he's getting ownership, but he's not like he's uber chalk or anything like that. He's just a somewhat popular play on the slate. Flip side of this game, Andrew says, does D'Lo perform a lot better with Cat on the floor? Uh, so it's kind of hard to say because we've seen so little of them play together over the last year. Uh, I have Carl Anthony Towns who's missed the last couple of weeks with COVID. He's currently listed as questionable. So it's not known if he's going to return, but it, it seems like he's going to end up playing today. So I think if we just look at it logically though, Carl Anthony Towns being in the lineup, that's going to take away usage from D'Angelo Russell. And then there's also a bunch of other guys that are fairly high usage players on the team, right? Malik Beasley is a high usage guy. Anthony Edwards has been taking a ton of shots when he's on the court. So I think assuming that Carl Anthony Towns comes back, it's easy enough for me just to avoid everybody on the Minnesota side. Uh, I think that Russell's still relatively expensive. Um, And then also, I mean, Anthony Edwards, last night was really the first good game he's played in the NBA. And Russell just kind of let him run the offense a lot. Uh, Edwards finished with 23 points, uh, had a 23% usage rate. And now, I mean, the usage for for Edwards over the last week has been crazy high. Uh, 33%, 27, 37, 26, 29, 23, 23. He's taking a lot of shots when he's out there and generally not efficient with with those shots, but that that hasn't stopped him from taking them. And that's an issue for D'Angelo Russell's fantasy production. It's an issue for Malik Beasley's fantasy production. Now we're adding Carl Anthony Towns back in the mix in all likelihood. Uh, as long as he plays, I think that it's easy enough to just avoid Minnesota because there's a lot of expensive guys here and there's a lot of usage to go around. What about some cheaper guys? And, and this is, you know, I'll give you one per side. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, again, with Minnesota, who I guess you're less interested in, or Darius Garland on the other side. Yeah, so 
if Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed are both in, like, Vanderbilt's probably only going to play like 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it, it depends what the injuries are there. I don't expect that, that Vanderbilt will play a massive uh, part in the rotation. The other thing, too, is that Juancho Hernan Gomez, who played really well early in the season, he could potentially be coming back from COVID protocols as well. So that, that's just a lot of bodies for the Timberwolves. I don't think anybody makes for a good play. Uh, from the Cleveland side of the game, I think that Darius Garland is – okay uh he hasn't played as well as of late as he did earlier in the season uh but i also don't necessarily think his price is a great value uh if we look at him since coming back uh 25 fantasy points 31 26 he did get into some foul trouble last night so maybe there's reason to think that he would have played more minutes he actually picked up three fouls in the first quarter uh but still end up getting to 31 minutes for the game if I had to roster one player from Cleveland who wasn't Colin Sexton or Andre Drummond, it would be Darius Garland. Uh, but right now, not somebody who's a huge priority for me. All right, let's move along to New York and Chicago. You got, of course, the Zach Levine-led Bulls, top 10 score in the NBA, I think relatively quietly at that. Obviously, we pay more attention to fantasy points than we do, you know, traditional uh, production with his 27 points a game, but uh, you got him on one side, Julius Randle on the other, our cover uh, athlete here for the sake of this particular stream. So those are the top two guys in terms of projections here in this game from our own Alex Baker. I would say Levine is in the better spot, albeit marginally. He's projected to have a a better day. He's just a a little bit cheaper than Randle. And then after that, you know, you got just a lot of guys that I probably, you know, to me would stay away from until you get down to like an Alfred Payton or somebody like that. But let's uh, start off with Chicago. How do you feel about Levine going into this matchup? Yeah, the Knicks suck for for fantasy playing against them because they played a slow pace. They have a good defense this year. Uh, One thing of note on this team is that Otto Porter is questionable to play. If he's out, then we could see more extended minutes for Thad Young. He's been playing bigger minutes as of late with Wendell Carter Jr. out, so if there's no Wendell Carter Jr. or Otto Porter, the player to have the most interest in relative to price is Thad Young. But outside of him, I mean, the Knicks are not good to play against for fantasy purposes. They play extremely slow. They have a good defense. They play their starters like 45 minutes per game. Thibodeau just leaves them out there to die pretty much all game. But that also means that they get their best players on the court more often than most other teams. I think by the end of the season, the Knicks are probably going to be a little bit worn down in this condensed season. It's going to cause issues for them. But, but right now, they're, they're a tough matchup for a lot of teams on the defensive end. And given the slow pace, and this game has a 218 total, which is tied for the lowest on the slate, I don't think this is a great spot to target. And Zach Levine also is pretty expensive on both FanDuel and DraftKings. There's better guys to pay up for. Uh, so really just that young for me if Otto Porter is out in addition to Wendell Carter Jr. Other than that, there's nobody really makes for a good play. So is this, and I know we haven't done New York yet, but is this pretty close to just a, a game fade for you in general? Yes. For sure. Fair enough. All right, on the Knicks then, what about, uh, again, paying down for an Alfred Payton since you're not going to pay up for, you know, somebody like a, a Julius Randle or an R.J. Barrett? Yeah, so Alfred Payton's starting to lose out on some playing time. Uh, we had Alec Burks, who was out for a little while because of an ankle injury. He's back now. And then also Emmanuel Quickly, who looks like one of the best rookies in the draft class. This is mm-hmm. this is arguably the best pick the Knicks have made in a really long time in the draft because Quickly looks awesome. And he's cutting into Alfred Payton's playing time. So last four games, Payton's played 24 minutes, 21, 23, and 21. As quickly as playing time trends up and he starts to play better, those minutes are coming right from Alfred Payton. And also we consider Alec Burks is taking some minutes from Alfred Payton. So Payton, there's not enough playing time security there for me to want to roster him. Uh, the, the guys who are, we know are going to play huge minutes for the Knicks are Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. These guys are playing upwards of 40 minutes on, on most days. Barrett's gotten to be pretty expensive now. Julius Randle, I, I think, is worth some exposure to on FanDuel. He is priced at uh, 8800 And just with his minute security, some of the some of the performances we've seen from him this year, uh, I think he's one of the safer power forward options. So he's somebody that's worth getting exposure to as a FanDuel-specific play. But nobody else I really like from the Knicks uh, quickly has been their best fantasy performer in terms of points per uh, points per dollar perspective. But he's also become a little bit more expensive now and to the point where I, I don't really want to roster him because he's not somebody who's like sub 4K anymore. Andrew says, and I don't know if he's asking the, you know, for your opinion or if he's just calling a shot, says Randall 50 burger tonight. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting exposure to Randall. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind that. He is, let's see, project for 15% ownership on FanDuel. On DraftKings, he's only projected for 5% ownership. But also, he's 9,200 on DraftKings. We have more positional flexibility, so... 
I don't think there's a need to roster him at 9,200 on, on DK, but like I said, I think the FanDuel price, he's, he's definitely a good uh, viable option. Uh, how do you feel about Barrett at 6,400 on FanDuel against a bad defense? Mark wants to know. He has played better as of, as of late, uh, RJ Barrett, but I still find it tough to trust the the shooting from him. And even with him playing better, here's his fantasy point totals in the, in the last handful of games. 30, 16, 30, 35, 32. I'm not sure he has a massive amount of upside at, at the price point. I liked him a little bit better when he was like 6,000 or 5,800. Where he is now, I'm, I'm not getting to him right now. Maybe that'll change as the, as the day goes on. But still, this is a game with a pretty low total. And for as well as R.J. Barrett's played lately relative to his previous performances, like I said, it's not like the fantasy production is through the roof. And he's somebody who in the past has not shot well. So over the last 10 games, he's shooting 40% from three. But for his career, he's a sub 30% three-point shooter, shooting 28% from three for the year. So you have to consider that even with him shooting incredibly more efficiently from the field, it's not leading to him scoring like 40 fantasy points or anything like that. He's shooting, he's having the best shooting stretch of his career, and it's still leading to about 30 fantasy points. So I, I don't necessarily think that that he makes for a great play. Someone adds here, uh, T.E. Nelson, not sure how that's said. Robinson should smash Chicago at 3,500 less than Randall. What do you think of Robinson? Uh, let's see. So his, not somebody I'm getting exposure to right now, his price at 5,300 on FanDuel is definitely reasonable. Uh, but look, still, look at his recent performances also. 25 fantasy points, 19, 22, 23, 19. Uh, Mitchell Robinson has scored over 20 fantasy points. It looks like once in his last 11 games. So I don't, I don't know that we could reliably say there's a lot of upside there because he hasn't shown it so far that, and there's always the foul trouble issue with Mitchell Robinson. Uh, so the price point is, is fine, except I'd rather roster Cody Zeller for a hundred dollars less on FanDuel who I'm going to have projected for way higher. And I think that Cody Zeller plays substantial amount more minutes than Mitchell Robinson. Also, we, we touched on Cody Zeller briefly, Mm. earlier about him being good play and i mean look at cody zeller where he's had some foul issues lately but when he's avoided foul trouble like last game he ended up playing 37 minutes so i'm much more comfortable rostering cody zeller than i am with with somebody like mitchell robinson halfway through the program here stay up to date with the latest nba dfs news with our awesome nba twitter handle which, by the way, the Osmo overall handle, it's Osmo underscore com. It's uh, rapidly approaching 30,000 followers on Twitter, so help us get there. Give a follow, but also follow Osmo NBA on Twitter. Our guy, News God, who's hanging out right here in the chat, as he always does for all these shows, he'll be delivering the latest on injuries, starting lineups, minutes, limits, more daily news before lock over the next several hours each and every day. We come at you early. He's with you throughout the entire day. Give him and Osmo NBA a follow on Twitter. His handle is uh, News God. That's N E W Z God underscore DFS. I think y'all know how to spell that part. And Ship My Money's deep dive article that is free this season. Prepare for the slate and uh, give it a must read before playing NBA DFS. I always do. It's uh, tons of great game by game information in there. Who to play each site, DK FanDuel, who to stay away from. It's just uh, a lot of great information. Again, not unlike News God, updated. Very much uh, right up until lock. So you want to stay on top of all that. We see News God there with, uh, he's got the wrench hanging out in the chat and uh, is, is paying close attention to all you guys. Smash the like while you're watching along on YouTube. Let's go to the next game here. Portland and Milwaukee. This is a fun one, Greg, just in general. Like, I, I don't know. It's maybe, maybe I buy into it more than I should. I probably do. I just get, I get extra excited. That extra level of excitement when I see a game that features two top tier players in the NBA going head to head. To me, that's, you know, there's, there's pride on the line. There's, you know, oftentimes there's national TV. There's always the, I want to one up the other guy. And and that's when you, you see a couple of guys turn in those, you know, 60, 70 fantasy point performances. Are, are we going to get anything along those lines? Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's from Giannis and Dame tonight. 
Uh, I hope so for me, honest, because he's going to be one of my most exposed players on the slate. I think that he is the best guy to pay up for. We're seeing a big change in terms of Giannis's playing time over the last couple of weeks. So here's the last handful of games from Giannis. 40 minutes, 35, 36, 38, 39, 39. Hmm. In previous years, we've only seen Giannis play. He barely averaged over 30 minutes per game last year. And he was the best points per minute producer in the league last year and was also overall one of the top fantasy producers. The only thing that prevented him from averaging like 65, 70 fantasy points per game was that he played limited minutes. Now that we're seeing the minutes there for him. He's having some pretty substantial fantasy games. Last game, he had 34 points, 18 rebounds, and nine assists, 38 points and 11 rebounds the game before, 24 and 18 the game before that, also with nine assists. So Giannis in a favorable matchup against the Bucs, if we could actually expect that he's going to continue to play 35, 36 plus minutes every game, He's just going to keep crushing everybody, and the price point isn't high enough, even though he's the most expensive player on FanDuel and DraftKings. Given his historical points per minute production, I mean, you can make a real case that he should be somebody who's priced over 12000 in this kind of in this mm-hmm. kind of playing time. So give me a lot of honest tonight. He's going to be somebody that I'm on very heavily. What about Dame on the other side? And we'll, you know, get to cheaper guys on both sides as well, but just staying with the studs. Yeah, so Dame, I also think, particularly on Fandle, where he's only at 10,000, I think that he's the best point guard play on Fandle as of now. He's also viable on DK, uh, but he's a little more expensive. So on, on DraftKings, we're paying 10,700 for Lillard. I'd, I'd rather pay up for Luka Doncic. I'd rather pay up for Giannis. So not something I'm going to avoid, except he's a much lower priority play on DraftKings than he is on Fandle. So how about, you know, there's Chris Middleton's always in the conversation, obviously, for Milwaukee. He's, uh, you know, probably not in as good a spot as Giannis, but he's in a decent spot. Then you get to, on the Portland side, you know, some of the, some of the big men. Ennis Cantor, who just the, the price continues to be up because he just continues to deliver. He's getting double-doubles like crazy, lots of fantasy points, fire emoji all over the place. Uh, you got Robert Covington as kind of a pay down option. He's not projected to have quite as good a day as a canter, but still, uh, you know, awfully good in terms of returning value. What do you think of those two in particular? Yeah, so starting with Ennis Kanter, he's also one of my favorite center plays on the slate. Overall, I think this is a really strong game to target. The total is set at 234.5, which is the highest total on the slate. Uh, so I, I think that both sides of this game, like I said, Giannis individually, he's a really good play. Uh, Lillard more Fanduel specific, but he's a good play. Ennis Canner, I think, is a good play on both sides. Uh, the other thing too that we've seen with with Portland is they're dealing with some injuries in the front court right now. So we have Derek Jones Jr. is out. Obviously, uh, Joseph Nurkic is also out. So there's a little more playing time security for Ennis Canner, who. He's been a good points per minute fantasy producer this year, but we haven't always been able to rely on that playing time for him. It's been more consistent now with the injuries they're dealing with the last three games, 32, 33, and 34 minutes for Canner. The games before that was 24 and 27 minutes. So now it looks like that we could pretty comfortably say he's going to play over 30 minutes as long as he avoids foul trouble. With that being the case, I I think that he's a little bit underpriced. He's one of the stronger center options on on both slates, and it it definitely matters that that there's no Derek Jones in there. Uh, even though they don't directly play the same position, it just takes away the amount of of small ball lineups that Portland could play. Got about 600 watching on YouTube, sitting uh, around 120 likes. Let's make a push to 150, all right? One big push. Smash that like button as Jordan right in there in the chat, just telling you to uh, turn that thumbs up nice and blue. We appreciate you. From Theodore here, can you build a good lineup around Giannis, though? You were talking about, obviously, the exposure to Giannis. He is priced up both sites. Not as expensive as maybe you could justify as you talked about but uh you know he is an expensive guy most expensive on both sites can you build a good lineup through Giannis and around Giannis I would think he would limit your options so here's the deal right now there aren't a ton of value plays that stand out but it's a 10 game NBA slate players are going to get ruled out I don't know who they're going to be at this point in time but it's going to be somebody and then there's going to be value that opens up for Giannis maybe if this was a three or four game slate I'd be a little more dubious amount of the amount of value it's going to open up but somebody's going to get hurt that's what always happens and I have him project for right around 60 fantasy points. So at his price point on FanDuel and DraftKings, he's going to be really hard for me to avoid based on how I have him projected. Mark says on Covington, who we were just talking about, he'll be busy guarding Giannis, probably 65% chance he gets into foul trouble. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that, that number seems a, a little bit of guesswork. I don't know. I don't know how much the, the 65% was <laughs> necessarily found out mathematically there. Uh, but so look at what, what happened with Robert Covington's minutes last game. And this is where I think that he's at least viable. 
So last game, Covington played 35 minutes. The big reason being is that no Derek Jones Jr. there. So Robert Covington was coming back from a concussion, and they still just gave him big minutes right off the bat. The concern is that he only had an 8% usage rate. That's uh, a lot lower than you'd like to see, but still he scored 30 fantasy points with with such little usage. So if him at a fairly reasonable price tag, if we could expect 35 minutes again for Robert Covington, he's he's a good value play to me. Okay, Sacramento and New Orleans. Now, of all the games that we've talked about so far, this right here, far and away, the one that I like the best, and I'm curious to, to your thoughts. I mean, you got... Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, uh, Harrison Barnes, you can certainly make a case for. Lonzo Ball, who has been, uh, you know, very good as of late. You got uh, Halliburton, who obviously, I mean, he's having a great rookie year, and he's in a great spot in this one. You can pay uh, down that much more. Steven Adams, uh, Hassan Whiteside is absolutely a consideration. There are value options and mid-tier options all over the place, and maybe the type of game, just going back to our conversation we were just having about Giannis, if you do want to pay up for a Giannis, there are definitely some cheaper guys that are available to you on both sides in this game. So uh, general thoughts before we go side by side, how do you feel about it? Yeah. So in general, the Pelicans have played a much slower pace this year than they played last year. That's a lot of it is due to coaching change. They went from uh, a very offensive minded head coach in Alvin Gentry to uh, a slower pace coach. And last year, I mean, they played, I don't remember exactly, but I think they played like the second or third fastest pace in the league and this year they're playing at a slower pace. So in general, we've seen their games be played uh, with less possessions, but they're playing the Sacramento Kings who have the worst defense efficiency in the league and played above average pace. So the Kings have always been a favorable matchup for fantasy purposes this year and definitely a, a pace up spot for the Pelicans. Uh, the thing that's going to be really key, and I'll start with the Pelicans side of the game, Steven Adams is questionable plays dealing with a calf injury. He had to leave uh, last game early. I'm not exactly sure what their starting lineup is going to look like without Steven Adams. They could go with Zion at center. Maybe they go Jackson Hayes at center. If that's the case, I think Jackson Hayes would make for a good value play. Uh, maybe they go small and go Zion at center. Maybe they go like Melly at power forward. Uh, if Adams is out, it looks like either Hayes or Melly is going to be a good value play. It's just going to depend what the starting lineup looks like. And then the other guy that I also think makes for a good uh, value play, like you said, is Lonzo Ball. So Lonzo missed time with an ankle injury. He also had what was called bilateral knee soreness. I have no clue what that means, but hey, it was listed on the injury report. So I know how to read at least. So I could report, I could, I could read back what it says there. Uh, so now that he's back from those injuries, though, the minutes are up and he's playing well. He played 35 minutes two games ago. He played 28 minutes last game, but that was also a game that was decided by 14 points. And the starters didn't close out the game. Uh, but given what we've seen from Lonzo recently and the price is still fairly reasonable. Like, regardless of what you think of Lonzo as a prospect, and I know a lot of people are tired of him or have soured on him at this point for numerous reasons, either the family name, his dad, the amount of times that he was in that, I think. Yeah, but the reality is when he's been on the court, he's a good fantasy producer, right? The, the shot isn't always good. Sometimes he's inefficient, but he racks up defensive stats. He racks up assists. So he's always been a little bit better of a fantasy producer on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings because of the increased fantasy points for defensive stats. Uh, but still, I mean, sub 6K on both sites, he's he's definitely somebody who's going to make it into a substantial part of my lineups. So more expensive guys. We'll start with New Orleans. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, again, both in good places. Yeah. How do you feel about them going into this one tonight? Yeah, I mean, I think that both of them make for pretty good plays. The reason being is that I always want to try to get exposure to guys going up against the Kings. Uh, there's very few slates where I haven't heavily targeted guys going against them just because their defense is bad. They play at a fairly quick pace, so all that lines up to good fantasy production. Uh, Zion Williamson, a little bit of a stronger play on DraftKings than FanDuel, but I view Ingram as a better play on FanDuel than DK. Uh, Zion's DraftKings price oddly plummeted pretty hard uh, last week for no real reason. Uh, it's gone up a little bit to 7,900, but still, he's somebody who should be priced over 8,000. Uh, he scored over 40 fantasy points in four consecutive games. He scored over 40, 40 fantasy points more often than not this year. So whenever I see him at a sub 8K price tag in a favorable matchup, it's going to make Zion a good play. He's he's more appropriately priced at over 8,000 on FanDuel. For Sacramento then, uh, De'Aaron Fox, you know, probably not in as good a spot as somebody like a, a Harrison Barnes or, um, you know, even... I mean, Buddy Heal's not in a great spot either necessarily. Uh, again, you could pay way down if you're looking for a guy close to the minimum. Hassan Whiteside's in a good spot. But as far as those more expensive plays, is it kind of uh, Barnes or Bust, or do you like Fox or, or Heald? No, I think Halliburton's the best play here. Uh, so 
we saw the Kings for a while go with big, big lineups to close out games and with Marvin Bagley, but Bagley's just largely sucked this year. And I mean, I'm not ready to totally write him off as a prospect, but I'm pretty close to it. And Tyrese Halliburton's been probably the second best rookie in the draft class uh, behind LaMelo ball, but Mm -hmm. Halliburton himself has been really good and he's been really efficient shooting the ball, but now they're going with smaller lineups to close out games with Tyrese Halliburton in the mix. So with him doing that for the last four games, Halliburton's played over 30 minutes in all of those in all those games. His price hasn't gone up nearly enough. He's 5,200 on DraftKings, and then he was right around there on FanDuel also off the top of my head. Uh, but he's somebody who in the initial build of my lineup, 5,400 on FanDuel, in initial build of my lineups, he's one of my higher-owned guard plays on both FanDuel and DK. So Halliburton's the primary play for me from, from Sacramento. I think that with his minutes trending up, he's he's somebody that I think is just not priced appropriately quite yet. This will transition as well to the next game. That's uh, Houston as well as uh, OKC. Like this comment from Michael in the chat. Any interest in Lonzo, Lamelo, and Jay Wall, aka Balls to the Wall? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've already said that. I like both the Ball brothers, especially if Terry Rozier is, especially if Terry Rozier is not going to play. Then Lamelo is one of the best plays on the slate for sure. And then talking about John Wall individually. We haven't necessarily seen some bigger games from him lately, but there's also reason to to think that his production should start going up. So John Wall, who's dealt with knee soreness this year, he's had uh, limited minutes, and it looks like the minutes are starting to trend up now. Last two games, he played 30 minutes and 26 last game, but also the last game was not super close. Could have played more minutes if it was closer. I think that we see John Wall play like 30 to 32 minutes today, and if that's the case... His price is a little bit too cheap on both FanDuel and DK, 6900 on on DraftKings, which goes in really nice with all your balls to the wall jokes and whatnot. Uh, 7200 on FanDuel. I, I like the I like the salaries for him on both sites. He's a little bit risky just because the minutes are a little uncertain. But if we do get to the 32 minutes that I think is possible, then he's he's too cheap on both sites. So. John Wall, I think, is somebody not I would not somebody I would play in cash games, but a good GPP play because there's upside at his price if those minutes trend back up. I'm just glad that you acknowledged the joke because there were people in the chat that were concerned that you just didn't get it and it went over your head. And I never, not not, not with the comedian here. No, but I mean, it, was it really the was it really the world's most clever joke? <laughs> was it? Was good. it? Jordan was liked it. it? Uh, Jordan likes everything though. He was, he, his, his favorite part of the show is when I drank water and had to mute myself because I started coughing off, off mic and had like that, yeah, that killed him. He, he loved to see me struggle. Listen, you see a guy choke on water and what could be better than that? Just not uh, much, not much, not, not much. It's Jordan here. <laughs> Wait till you see Greg waterboarded. You're going to love it. It's gonna <laughs> unbelievable. All right. Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, we didn't get to those 50,000 subscribers for nothing. People people are tuning in. They're subscribing to our channel because they know there's a chance they may see somebody choke to death on water during the show. That's what they're here for, right? It's like watching Siegfried and Roy, right? You're not, you're not, you don't want to see a safe tiger show. There's I can't, there's somebody whose joke it is. It might be Bill Burr. It's like there's there's a small chance you might see somebody mauled by a tiger. That's why you show up. You don't, you don't just go there to see people playing with tigers and it goes nicely. <laughs> I remember that routine. It's good. All right, let's go uh, Houston, Sacramento, or uh, Houston OKC, pardon me, in the interest of time, because we do have, what, four games left to cover and about 15 minutes to do it. So uh, this is a lot like the last game, where there are just a lot of good options that stand out. It's a function of how many of these guys you're looking to wedge into a lineup, whether you want to do any sort of a a team or game stack here. But Christian Wood, SGA, uh, John Wall, who we were just joking about, Al Horford you can make a case for, uh, Dort, Great spot for Dort. Darius Basley, uh, you could look at uh, uh, Maladon as well as uh, another good play. Who stands out to you most? Uh, so uh, Dort at 4,200 on DraftKings, his his usage has actually been somewhat substantial lately. It hasn't led to huge fantasy games, but I mean, he was somebody who at first was really hesitant to shoot the ball until last year. I mean, we saw in the playoffs, teams were really running away from him when he touched the ball. And then he, he got a little bit more comfortable shooting, had a couple of decent playoff games and not necessarily somebody who you look at and say like, Oh, he's going to score 40 fantasy points or anything. But if you look at his 4,400, uh, 4,200 price point on DraftKings and his usage, 24% last game, 19% the game before, you know, he's somebody who's maintaining a usage rate somewhere around 20% in recent games. I think that in his current playing time, favorable matchup against the Rockets, he's somebody to get exposure to. He rates out as good value play on DK. 
Uh, FanDuel, not really getting to him as much at a more expensive price point, but DraftKings, I certainly like him a lot. SGA, somebody else who I've gotten to overweights the field on just about every single Thunder game so far this year. Uh, there's been a lot of good games for for SGA this season. There just it, there just aren't other players in the Thunder lineup to soak mm-hmm. up usage. So he does everything for them. He plays big minutes, high usage rate, high assist rate, and he's somebody who realistically by the end of the season we could see him leading them in basically every single statistical category. So SGA on FanDuel and DraftKings, he's somebody that I that I like a lot. Super chat here from Downs finished sixth on FanDuel last night for four thousand bucks on four bullets. Thanks for all that you guys do. Hey, thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, you know playing along, obviously, and glad to hear it went well. Keep keep it up. Keep doing what you do. Let's go with uh, Houston though. Christian Wood. Christian Wood's just a guy that I you know I, I want to play every single day. I love I love watching Christian Wood play. It just helps that he's a good fantasy performer as well. But uh, he's you know top of the heap in this game I would say. And then again, John Wall is in a good spot. Uh, those are you know Oladipo not as much probably. Eric Gordon not as much. Cousins not as much. Those it's it's really. It, I mean, let me know if you disagree. Obviously, but it feels like kind of a, a Wood Wall situation for Houston. Uh, I don't really like Christian Wood all that much for this slate. I, I think that he's appropriately priced 8,900 on DraftKings, and then his FanDuel price is at 90, uh, 8,900. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it's about I think it's about fair. I don't think there's any real pricing value there. Uh, John Wall is the guy who I have the most interest in. Uh, there's a lot of variance there because we don't know exactly what his minutes are going to be, but I think that with them overall trending up and his price being relatively cheap. Uh, I, I think that that's the GPP play that I have interest in. And then n- nobody else on Houston that I'm really going to be getting to. If you are not able to watch your favorite Osmo shows on YouTube, that's okay. I suppose we'll forgive you, but almost all the Osmo YouTube shows are available through the Osmo podcast network. we got a podcast for every single sport and we're available on every major platform. Head on over to Osmo.com slash podcast. Check out the very latest. And once you are there, do us a favor, drop a five-star rating and review with your Twitter handle, or you could use your Osmo username. Include that. You could win a free week of Osmo Plus. Talks about all the great tools available to you there. You want it, and you don't want to have to pay for it. Best of both worlds right here. We'll be giving away a free Osmo Plus pass every week to the person who submits our favorite review. People are reading these, so best of luck, and uh, thank you, obviously, for the support and for uh, you know watching along with all this great content here. Let's move along then to Phoenix and Dallas. How about this contest here? Luca is Luca. He's always Luca. How do you feel about him tonight? I agree with you that he's Luca and he's always Luca. I don't. Always I don't know Luka. who else. I don't know who else he would be. Uh, so I think that he is a good play on both Fanduel and DraftKings, uh, but not necessarily a priority play. So I think that on DraftKings, I'd rather pay up for Giannis, who's only a hundred dollars more expensive, and then I'd rather save money with. Uh, with with Lillard, who's almost a thousand dollars less expensive on FanDuel, so Luke is going to be in play for me, but not a priority play. This is going to be an interesting spot for Dallas because a lot of people have been concerned with them and talking about how they've lost some games out of the gate and saying like, "Oh, does this mean?" I mean, there's been some ridiculous takes on Twitter where people saying like, "Oh, is Luca?" Because Luca made comments about him the the team underperforming and that he didn't think they're giving enough effort. Uh, and then people saying like, oh, does this mean Luka Doncic is going to ask out after his rookie year? Stuff like that. Just really uh, outrageous things about this team. But they've dealt with COVID this year. Kristaps Porzingis missed the start of the season due to a knee injury. I believe this is the first time the entire season they have the entire roster healthy at once. So that's one of the reasons I, I think it's crazy to make any really strong conclusions about this team because we haven't seen them play together once. Uh, Josh Richardson was a key acquisition for them in the offseason he hasn't really gotten to play much because of COVID and he's had a minutes restriction as of late. Like I said, Christoph Sporzingis with the knee injury, he rested last game and he missed the first handful of games coming back from surgery. So this is the first look we really get at the Dallas team fully healthy. Uh, Maxi Kleber also back for the first time in a while due to COVID. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that most of these guys are overpriced the, uh, the role players just because we haven't seen them for a really long time. And then when we have seen them, it's been with an eight or nine man rotation where guys have been forced to play bigger minutes. This is the first time they're all going to be together. And I'm not exactly sure what we could expect from minutes out of guys like James Johnson, Dorian Finney Smith, uh, Josh Richardson. I think it's a little bit up in the air. So the only guy I've really want to get exposure to, as of now, is going to be Luka Doncic, but still not a priority play for me. I want to see more how this roster shakes out and how these guys mesh together. 
Eric says, I'm sure there's a wood balls to the wall joke. Just go with the all phallic lineup. And then, uh, you know, predictably, but, you know, the good one by Eric says, uh, was it Eric? No, Lance, wooden ball, they correlate well. Yeah, well, the other thing, too, I don't know if anybody saw this, but there was a great clip that was pulled of, of Kaufman the other day, which I don't think he's addressed on Twitter yet. I'm sure, I'm sure you've seen this. I have seen it, yeah. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> poor choice of words. What was what was the what was the context of it? And by the way, we yeah. don't have to. There's no show after us, so we don't actually have sure. to worry about the eleven o'clock out time. The uh, the the context was, um, I was spending a lot of time just babbling on because Josh uh, was having power outage issues and disappeared on us, and uh, which you know not not his fault. Things happen. And uh, so I started just looking at, you know, good plays and and uh, and then I started talking about Aaron Gordon and how Aaron Gordon, as I could have phrased it, is a constant disappointment to me. Anytime I opt to play Aaron Gordon, things go sideways. And uh, I said it a different way, (laughs) as you heard, and it was quickly memed. Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, I was hoping that you were just going to respond and be like, oh, it was my weekend plans. Like there was no real context. That's just what I did last weekend. (laughs) I was just you know, trying to set up for how I was going to spend my free time and <laughs> <laughs> there, away we went. Yeah. I thought I saw, you know, Alex and whoever else tweeting that out a few times, made, made its rounds quite a bit. And it was like, yeah, that's it. going all Ron Burgundy. Like, boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, 200 likes by the end of the show. Come on, people says David. Yeah. We're only about 15 away. Smash that like button. And there's been a lot of talk of smashing and busting and all sorts of different great stuff on this show. What a way to start off your work week here on a Monday. Let's go Memphis and San Antonio here. Well, we we, uh, we we skipped the Phoenix side of the game, but there's Is not there really anything a good on. Fe- I mean, Jay Crowder. No, not even Josh so, Richardson for Dallas. Is anybody else in this game even appealing to you? So Devin Booker's questionable play. He's missed the last few games of the hamstring injury. If he's out, then Chris Paul becomes one of the top point guard plays on the slate. But sure. if Devin Booker's in, then we could just fade the entire game. But it, we have to mention that Devin Booker is questionable because obviously if he's out, that has you know a lot of weight on the slate. Sure. But th- there's just no way of knowing right now if he's going to be in or not. So once again, another reason to follow our guy, the news god, El Negro Loco DFS, and then also Awesome O at Awesome O NBA on Twitter, just so. Mm-hmm. Just so we get some of those news updates, but yeah, it, it's it's hard to know right now what's to do with the Suns without getting a, an updated status on Devin Booker. And if you do have that Osmo Plus subscription, you're part of the Osmo Premium Slack channel and all that. I mean, stay in the breaking news NBA one because News God not just on Twitter, he throws everything in there immediately, and you you get all the updates that you need to be aware of. I was just in a hurry, Greg, to to get to this next game here, Memphis and San Antonio, because. Unlike the one we just talked about, there are a lot of appealing options. I mean, right top on down. I mean, John Morant, DeMar DeRozan, DeJounte Murray, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, Keldon Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge. You can make a case for any of these guys. Uh, so let's start with the Spurs side. I agree. DeJounte Murray is somebody who I've been rostering a decent amount. I don't really know why his price got uh, downgraded so much on DraftKings, but he's somebody who'd been over 7000 for most of the season. His price got as high as 8100 He put up a triple-double, and then his price just slowly started to decline for reasons that are totally unknown. But as long as DeJounte Murray's priced under 7000 favorable matchup here, I think that he's also somebody you want to get exposure to on DK, more of a DK specific play because on FanDuel, he is priced at uh, a little bit more expensive. He's $300 more and there's uh, better point guard options to me on FanDuel than there are on DK. So DeJounte Murray, more of a DK specific play. Somebody else who I'm getting to a decent amount that I don't know what to do with is DeMar DeRozan. So DeRozan was absolutely terrible as a chalk play last game, and I'm sure nobody wants to roster him again. Uh, But he's also reasonably priced on both sides. It's the same matchup against the Grizzlies, and I don't know what to make of his minutes last game. I think that we just have to consider it's a fluke. It was the uh, third game in four nights for the Spurs. They were never really in the game against the Grizzlies. They ended up losing by 17, so they took the starters out early. Uh, DeRozan only ended up playing 25 minutes. He had a 12% usage rate. I'm just going to pretend that game doesn't exist. I think it was a total fluke. I'm taking it out of consideration. I'm just going to say that I think that DeMar DeRozan is still a good GBB play. I don't think he's only going to play 25 minutes again. I, I don't know exactly why that's the way the last game worked out, uh, but I, I'm expecting DeRozan to go back to play his normal minutes. And with the depressed price because of how bad he was last game, 
I, I think that he's worth getting back to. And I, I think that his ownership should be significantly lower on this slate because I doubt that anybody's going to want to go back to him after what happened last game. Yeah, Theodore says, still having DeRozan nightmares. Michael says, DeRozan is dead to me. Zach says, I'm not touching a spur again. Yeah, so I, that's all the more reason to go to these guys at GPPs because a lot of them make for good plays, points per dollar, and just nobody wants anything to do with them. I mean, DeJounte Murray was still good last game and his price on is priced cheaply on DraftKings, so I think people would have less issue with him. Uh, but the, the DeRozan angle, I mean, it's still the, the price is the, the price is too cheap. It's a favorable matchup, and it certainly seems like early in the day nobody wants to roster him. So I, I don't think you go crazy with him in tournaments, but I mean, if you have him 15 to 20 percent of lineups, I think that's that's well worth the price tag. Uh, someone notes, and a guy that I mentioned before, Lamarcus Aldridge, staying with the Spurs, is he too cheap at fifty five hundred bucks? Yeah, so I think that Lamarcus Aldridge is an okay play, uh, but not. I, I prefer to get to Murray and DeRozan. I also don't want it to be where my lineups are just totally loaded up with Spurs guys. But yeah, I think that Aldridge is worth being in the mix. Uh, one thing that's been really weird about him this year is his rebound rate. So Aldridge, uh, bringing this up really quick. He has a uh, last handful of games, five rebounds, three rebounds, three rebounds, two rebounds, nine, three, three, two. He's gone over five rebounds like once in his last 12 games. And that's a little weird. I'm not sure why the rebound rate is so low for him. Uh, so either one, we could just say that he's old. He's had knee issues. Maybe he's past his prime a little bit, or maybe he's due for some positive regression there. Uh, I, I think that because of the price and the matchup, he's worth getting some exposure to, but I, I prefer the other Spurs options more than I do Aldridge. Any pay down for you? I mean, maybe a D'Anthony Melton from Memphis, anybody else? No, not from, not from the, not from the Memphis side. Um, I'm still not totally sure what to, what to make of the, uh, the, the front court rotation there with, um, with the COVID situation. And then mm -hmm. I want to see if there's an update on uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Uh, I think he's out again, but I'm just bringing that up to, to be sure. Yeah. So Jonas Valanciunas remains out for them. Uh, Xavier Tillman started last game. He's the guy that makes the most sense as a value play. I just wanted to double check to make sure Valanciunas is out. I was pretty sure, but wasn't positive. So Tillman last game started, he ended up playing uh, 21 minutes, which wasn't great, except he also picked up four personal fouls. Uh, two starts he's had, though. He's scored 24 and 23 fantasy points. The price has gone up to 4,800 on DraftKings, 5,100 on FanDuel. So, all right, never mind. I was going to say I thought Tillman made for a good value play, but uh, I thought he was still sub-4K that isn't the price. So, nix that. No reason to really roster Tillman at his current salary. Uh, so, no, no, no cheap plays in play for me on Memphis. All right, Denver and Detroit. Final game of the evening. And it, it really, not a big surprise, I guess, but it's it's Joker who went just absolutely wild yesterday and then everybody else. And that would be true in most games that he plays in, but from a fantasy perspective, it is especially true. Is anybody in this game other than Joker appealing to you to play? Uh, I think that Michael Porter Jr. has a little bit of appeal in tournaments just because his price is down and we haven't seen the the minutes be there for him recently as he comes back from COVID uh, last two games, just 19 and 19 minutes. Eventually Michael Porter Jr. is going to move back into the starting lineup. He opened the season as the, as the starting small forward. And then after he tested positive for COVID uh, came back, he's been on, he was on a minutes restriction coming back and hasn't really gotten back into the mix full go yet. If we see Michael Porter Jr. start again, then I think that he's a he's a good value play. If Will Barton continues to start, then Will Barton, I think, is a good value play. He's only priced at 4000 on FanDuel, and it's a position that's a little difficult to fill tonight. So Barton, if he starts, Michael Porter Jr., if he starts, Jokic on the high end, he's obviously the top center option. You have the salary to pay up for him. But overall, in terms of we're looking at the salaries on DraftKings, I'd rather roster Giannis for around the same price point as as Jokic, that makes him not necessarily the highest priority play for me. Uh, not somebody I'm going to outright fade, but probably not somebody that ends up in more than 10 to 15% of my lineups. Uh, but nobody else that I'm going to be getting to from Denver. El Negro Loco found the clip. He's very excited. Nice, he has, uh, nice. As, as excited as you were the other day, though. Yeah, he's got a bust. All right, let's look at uh, just big question here. I think everybody's got it. As Eric says, by the way, Joker's my favorite payup tonight. From David. 
I missed two thirds of the show. Shame on you. Go back, rewatch. But aside from that, we will help you out before we get out of here. Who is the top guy tonight? Who is Greg? And it doesn't have to be the person projected to have the most points. I'm going to spin the question a little bit. Who is your absolute favorite play tonight? Uh, I'm still going to say it's Giannis right now, just because I'm most confident in what I know his role is going to be. There's other guys that are cheap that I'm sure are going to open up as good plays. Like I said, if if Terry Rozier's out, then Lamelo Ball probably becomes my best play on the slate. But I don't really know what those injuries are going to be. So uh, for now, I'm just going to say Giannis because I know that if anybody's watching the show right now, Giannis is going to age well. He's somebody I'm going to like later in the day. Some of the other guys who could potentially benefit from injuries, I'm not totally sure what to make of them yet. All right, very good. Hey, Jordan wants to know who's busting on us tonight. Uh, probably the Spurs. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I just had to do it for Jordan. I knew he was going to lose his mind back there. <laughs> Let's leave that one off of the of the meme game, I think. No, the, no, no, no. See, I, I feel the opposite. I think there's just on the off chance that anything gains just, traction, just, I think we should be cutting everything. Just, just one per show? show? Yeah. No, no, no. Multiple per show. I, like, oh. like, one, like one per break. Right. Like, I, think, I think I think one every 15 minutes we should be cutting in in between every ad read just just on the off chance. I mean, I have jobs I'd like to keep. Yeah. So and the other thing we should be doing, too, is we should be editing stuff and splicing it together out of context. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's, that's a good way to go far in life. Thanks for watching along. Ten games. We got you covered. Smash the like on your way out the door. About 700 watching. We appreciate all you hanging out here with us. We do. We mean it. And uh, just remember. You know, there's a, a ton that is going on over the course of the day, not limited to NBA. Three o'clock Eastern time, four hours from now, you got the PGA DFS first look at four NHL strategy show because, yeah, you got a handful of hockey games tonight. 5.15 NBA deeper dive and then 6.30 NBA live before lock. Nice long show to get you set, get you prepared for all that is going on this evening. He is Greg Ehrenberg. I am Adam Kaufman. You will be sticking around the Osmo YouTube page all day. Thank you all for watching. Thanks to Jordan. Thanks to El Negro Loco. Thanks to everybody. Greg, pleasure, buddy. See you, Hoffman.